the right amount of drunk for this. Dead characters do not yield spin-offs. This is Serious Business. Greetings, true believers. This is Serious Business. I am Jeff, and joining me for this week's very special X-Men Days of Future Past episode is John. John, how's it going? Going well, Jeff. Uh, Doing well. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So, John, this is what, the 19th X-Men movie? Yes, that's correct. 19. Number 19. Right. Um, And it is, of course, the return of Bryan Singer to the franchise. He, uh... Mm -hmm was responsible for X-Men and X2, X-Men United, which, uh, as everyone knows, are the superior X-Men movies. Just goes without saying. You know. Honorable mention to First Class and Wolverine. Of course, yes. I'm, I'm being facetious, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, John, uh, I thought for a while about what question to ask. I feel like we've talked about X-Men a couple times on the podcast sure. in general. I don't think we've done this one. And this might be one that you need to think on for a while, but what is your favorite X-Men costume from any comic or movie or X-Men manifestation of any kind? Okay. I have to... Hmm. Hmm. I think Magneto. Mm, Which... Which... I mean, he's... He's pretty much the same throughout history, but... Right. Well, I would have to say that the, the 90s version just the 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 hardcore straight on full blast red and purple suit with the cape i i think that the the 90s costumes in general you know like the jim lee era the the animated show i i think just that that is just that's when i was really like first introduced to x-men so that's just burned into my head is the definitive x-men costume as as 90s as it is you know, like when I think of the X Men, I, I go right to the pouches and the bright blue and yellows and, and things like that. But I, I always dug Magneto's helmet. I, I think that it's it's one of those really iconic comic book characters, the comic book looks that just it stays through whatever iteration. You know, Magneto's always got that that helmet and the red and purple in some way. But I always thought that that was the most badass look. Yeah, I feel like a lot of artists enjoy playing around with the helmet and the way it kind of casts light on his face. A lot of people seem to be fans back then of the uh, just two glowing white eyes kind of within uh, look, which sure. was pretty neat. But yeah, Magneto is, is an excellent choice. Although, I will say, I never quite understood how the helmet protected him from psychic powers while leaving his face exposed. You know, it's, I guess psychic powers can't go in through the face. That's right. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just the uh, it's the brain area, right? That is the most important, right? Which is not accessible through, say, the eyes, right? <laughs> Xavier's powers—they just don't—they don't—they don't work. They can't way. get in. This is not. There's too much surface area covered up, right? Of course, for Xavier's powers mm-hmm. to get. In. So uh, I thought about this for a while, and I I think I'm gonna go with '80s Wolverine when he had like the orange wow. brown kind of look. Sure. I feel like it was the most fitting for the character because it was still foresty and primal in its colors. Right. Like he uh, he felt like Canadian Wolverine, you know. Mm. Whereas the yellow black, I know it's iconic, but it's a little too over the top. I don't know. Mm. Just doesn't. Doesn't really work. I, I've been really impressed with how the movies have generally handled costuming Wolverine. And uh, really, I I gotta say, after seven movies, mm-hmm. 
I, I think that's what we're actually on is seven. I, I, I have to say, I, I want to see. It doesn't look like it's going to happen with the uh, the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, but I would like to see him in the mask. I mean, really, when I think of Wolverine, I think of him in the mask. Right. I probably so. should rephrase also. I, I don't think I put that quite right. It's not so much the costuming that's impressed me, it's it's the hair. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's getting someone to look like Wolverine on, you know, in a, in in the film medium. Yeah. That and they've somehow accomplished. Yeah. They're really getting good at it as of late. I think um, in Days of Future Past and the Wolverine, I think they really have his hair down. I If you go back and look at him in The Last Stand, it's just, like, comical. It's all swirly, and it's very, like, poofy. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of movies, they've been playing it a little shorter and spikier. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely looking pretty good lately. Yeah, even in the latest movie, when they had just small clips of James McAvoy reading his mind, and he sees footage from X-Men 3, X United, it looks so different. Yeah. You can kind of smell the the different direction. So, John, what, if anything, are you drinking this fine evening? I am drinking a Bacardi and Coke. Rum and Coke. Mm, very nice classic combination there. Mm. Yeah. I was drinking a white Russian, but I have uh, transitioned over to water. It's just a little too hot. A little too hot for that drink. Yeah. I put ice in it, and it was gone very fast. Yeah. Very, very fast. Precious life-giving water is never a bad choice. All right, let's dive right into it. John, what was your theater experience like for this movie? Full house, uh, lots of people. Yes, Michelle and I went to go see it. It was Memorial Day weekend, and we went to go see it on the actual Memorial Day holiday. And it was a full house, but it wasn't a very giant theater. It was it was one of the one of the smaller screens, maybe a hundred ish seats. Um, but it was, it was full. It's mm-hmm. good to hear. Then, um, uh, yeah, we went to go see it in the afternoon, so it was like a pretty much older crowd. There wasn't a lot of kids or anything like that, but pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Standard movie viewing experience. Well, I went to see it with a bunch of friends at our local AMC, the one that you now know, John. Rain the, Tree AMC? Yep, with the reclining chairs. Uh-huh. And uh, a few of a few of the friends I went with had never been there before, and they were just like, "What?" Uh, yeah, yeah. It's one of those theaters where the, you know it's not general admission; you actually reserve seats. And God damn it, it's it's just America. You walk in there and you think like, "This is what you know. This, this is, is what they fought for. Be. This is what the revolution <laughs> was all about." It's gigantic reclining seats that have more leg room than the largest first class cabin on a 747 you know we sat in the second row which actually was fine given the fact that we could recline all the way back so Mm -hmm. my entire vision i saw it in 3d was uh was taken over by the movie i was immersed full-on experience yes indeed and you know what i liked it i thought it was a very solid movie i don't think it was my favorite I, uh, and maybe I'll just dive right into it. I feel like I had no sense of consequence in the movie, and that was the biggest problem. And it was entirely because of the time travel thing. You know, you can only watch Colossus get ripped in half so many times and, and give a damn, because you're like, well, I'm sure he'll be fine when they fix it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, all this, you know, emotional stuff was happening surrounding the climax, where, like, you know, you had all these 
big name kind of characters and high billing actors and actresses. You had like Halle Berry gets impaled and uh, Ian McKellen gets like stabbed and you're like, you're supposed to be like, no, but I just didn't care. I was like, yeah. they'll be fine. It'll work. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially because we've sort of been through that with, um, you know, going back as far as The Last Stand, where people are losing powers and people are dying, and it was very much uh, a similar situation where it was like, this is it, you know? And then, of course, no, Xavier's alive, Magneto has his powers back, it's all going to work, you know? Like, it, it was that same feel in the end of The Last Stand, where it's like, this is it, and then, you know characters end up coming back and there's not much consequence yeah i guess it was very comic booky in that way you know i feel like all the long running franchises have the same issue of just characters have died several times and now they're back to life and you know does it really matter but that said there are things that they can do to allow you to enjoy the ride even if the consequences aren't quite as impactful mm -hmm. as they should be and this movie definitely went out of its way to make sure you enjoyed certain parts of the ride very thoroughly Quicksilver sequence, gotta say, was, was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. The moment they started playing, uh, is it Time in a Bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, the entire theater was just like, this is, I could watch this for days, you know? Mm -hmm. Just slow motion, messing with people, trying soup, soup, <laughs> you know, soup looked pretty good. Anything stick out to you in the movie is particularly good? Particularly good. Uh, I did like the, the Quicksilver scene. I thought that was the fun superhero part. But I think the rest of it, and it was a little bit on the grim side. Mm -hmm. And I, I walked out of it sort of feeling like it was it was okay. I didn't think of it as a particularly fun superhero movie mm -hmm. or a fun X-Men movie. It, I don't know, it was just, it was, it was just okay for me. It, it wasn't terrible, it wasn't badly executed or anything like that, it was just, you know, it was fine. The, the thing that got to me the most about it was that it contradicted the rest of the X-Men movies a lot. Mm -hmm. There's many lists online of, of points where it contradicted itself. Things kept jumping out at me like, well, okay, so they're not, for a while I thought that they weren't, Okay, so we're sort of disregarding The Last Stand and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they have a flashback scene where they show scenes from all the movies. That's what's jumped out to me the most was just the contradictions to the other movies a lot. Right. Um, but, it, I don't know, it was, it was kind of all over the place. I thought it was in an awkward middle ground between First Class and, you know, the older Singer movies. Yeah, well, I mean, he was kind of in an impossible position. He was sort of like, this movie franchise has gone off the rails since I was last here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was Brian Singer, and then it was, a, I think, three main writers. I know one of them was David Hayter. I can't remember the other two. And they all left after X2. And, you know, it's, it's tough to be in that position where you're kind of returning to a franchise that has spun in so many different directions since you left it. So I can't say I'm too surprised by it. I think I just chose going into the movie not to let that bother me. And having that attitude helped a lot. Because you're totally right. I mean, I think Professor Xavier dies in The Last Stand. And yeah. I guess he's back in the future. In the grim, grim future. Yeah, that said, the It Was Fine review, I feel like that's something that plagues Brian Singer a lot in his superhero work. Uh, particularly yeah. Superman Returns. I think a lot of people walk out of Superman Returns either being like, well, that was pretty boring, or that was fine. 
Well, an interesting thing that I noticed was that I've had some friends that aren't so dialed into the X-Men movies who just went to go see it very casually that have maybe seen a few of the earlier movies here and there, Mm -hmm. but just sort of went into it not really knowing what it went before and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, the typical summer superhero movie. And to be honest, lately with these superhero movies, especially with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, I am going into these things with just really low expectations. Just having a good time, just having fun with it, not really taking it too, too seriously. But with this, all the continuity stuff, just kept, I felt like every five minutes it was like, well, that goes against what happened in Last Stand, and that goes against what happened in X2, and that goes against, what about this that happened in The Wolverine? So, for example, in The Wolverine, spoilers, spoiler alert, at the end, when he's fighting the Silver Samurai, he gets his claw, both sets of claws chopped off, and then... In the future of this movie, he's got his claws back with no explanation. And I feel like we were never really given even the hint of an explanation as to how Xavier comes back or how Magneto gets his powers back. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just a series of little things like that that just bugged me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, your inner X-Men aficionado was like, but, and I, I can I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. I do have a little bit of feedback from the other Tisby regulars. Uh, Kristen yes. informed us that we are to mention that Michael Fassbender is very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, that is her her contribution to our cast. And I uh, sure I won't uh, I won't certainly question that opinion. Um, uh, Rob, I think, is of your persuasion, John. Of it was fine. He keeps. He kind of said over and over again to me that it wasn't, wasn't too bad. It wasn't too good. It was just fine. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did mention, and you know, I I haven't independently verified this, but Rob's pretty good about knowing what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. That Anna Paquin apparently had an entire sequence in the future that was cut completely from the movie. That after Shadowcat gets injured, Magneto and Professor Xavier apparently go break Rogue out of Sentinel Jail and bring her in to finish the the whole thing because Kitty Pride is basically dying. Which is cool, but I can totally understand why they cut it out of that movie because there was just no room for that. Um, yeah. And I did I did feel that the future got shafted a bit. In, totally. the, in the same way that when you watch like Terminator 2, you feel like the future gets shafted. They sort of start you out in the future in that movie, and you're like, this is awesome! Like, laser fights and, you know, post-apocalyptic war against the machines. And then they shoot you back in time really quick. Which, uh, I mean, sure, Terminator 2 ends up being a great movie otherwise, so you don't care that much. But here, I, uh, I definitely wanted to see a little bit more of the future stuff once they're in China. In China, it's yeah. like, well, they're all just going to sit around her for several hours while this happens. And I guess yeah. that's kind of realistic, but I don't know. Well, it's no, it's no fun. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the newer the newer cast with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence, they're all great. They work great. They can totally carry their own X-Men movie. But, you know, it was good to see the older cast, too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, let's... Let's let's pick one here. I mean, because 
you're right. I, I think that the older cast, you know, the characters that we see in the future, got totally shafted. Like, we don't even... I would have liked to see more, you know, Kitty Pride and Iceman and Xavier and Magneto and, you know, Blink and Warpath. I mean, these are all like, all right, wow, wow, they look they look awesome. What, you know, like, why are they all together? What are they doing? Are they, you know, like the, this new future crew... Mm-hmm. is really, you know, it piques your interest. You want to see more. You want to see more of what's going on with them, and then it's like, here's a quick fight scene, and we're back into the past. Right, you got some great action sequences involving all of them, but you did not get any character exactly. whatsoever. Like, Blink was super cool. Like, all the stuff with Blink was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the way they staged those fight scenes was phenomenal. It was like watching Portal on screen. It was exactly what you want for those action sequences but she had no dialogue so i don't care about her same thing with colossus again like colossus is a beloved character and he's in the movie and he he punches a sentinel and then he gets beaten up and killed and then he gets beaten up and killed again and you just you just don't care you're just like he's "Mm." i mean that's like that's colossus is a major x-men character and throughout all the movies he's gotten totally burned it's just like they use him solely as muscle. Right. You know, the guy maybe has five lines in all the movies that he's in. Well, in X2, he definitely had a moment. Yeah, but uh, he didn't... He, he, had, he really had more speak. of a moment like, than he did. I can help you. Yeah, but I liked that. I liked that. I liked that he, he stopped and he said, I can help you, and then Wolverine said, help them. It's very, it's, it's very minimal, but at least it's like an interaction that makes it feel like two characters are talking to each other, you know? There was very little of that with the future crew here. They they existed solely as vehicles to display their cool powers and then die. Yeah. Well, the other thing that Michelle that you know I, I want to give uh, voice to because I think it's a it's a valid point that they totally totally wasted Peter Dinklage in this movie. Yeah, he really didn't have too much to do. He wasn't bad though, but yeah, you're he right. wasn't bad. But I mean, like he's a great actor that really wasn't utilized that much. I mean, the character wasn't fleshed out. It was he was just sort of like a a, a two dimensional must fight mutants. Well, I don't guy. know. I liked the interaction in the lab where he talks about how he actually admires them. That was something at least. But you're right. I mean, there wasn't much. It was, yeah. and and I feel like that was less them botching the character and more just there was no time. They were doing so many things in the movie that there just isn't time to develop Bolivar Trask. Well, I mean that's I mean that's that's what I think I'm calling bullshit on because it's like you don't need to make the movie that complicated. You don't need to cram so many characters into it. You know they they have the the whole Xavier Magneto Mystique triangle, and then you got Wolverine in there, and then you got the Boulevard Trask and the Sentinel program, and then the whole future gang thing. It's just, it's too, it's right. It's it's too many balls up in the air. Got the Quicksilver thing and the uh, really shitty rendition of Nixon thing. Um, yeah, he was. That was. I've I've seen a lot of film Nixons, and no offense to that actor. I don't know if it was his fault, but that was a pretty bad Nixon. That was pretty over the top. That was. Yeah. It was over the top, but not even in the funny way, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Nixon, you can do Nixon over the top, and it can be really entertaining. That guy was just, like, I don't know, trying trying too hard. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. I, 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 uh, you know, all of this sounds, it's funny, when we get to the ratings, which will be pretty soon, 
it's it sounds like I'm gonna give this movie a low rating, but I'm really not. I I <laughs> did enjoy myself. I th- I thought the action sequences were cool as hell. I thought there were several decent character moments. It was most of what we're talking about here is kind of wasted potential, you know, um, sure. or or over ambition. So they tried, but it was only the bare minimum. It was you know kind of par for the course to have that in there. So yeah, it's a movie that tries to do a whole lot of things and barely succeeds at most of them. While some of them it succeeds really well at. Yeah, that's 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 my general exactly. sort of feeling about it. So on that note, we are going to take our first refill break of the evening, and we will be back with ratings and then our geek of the week. So we will BRB. So I wake up in my younger body, and then what? Find me. Convince me of all of this. It's going to take the two of us. And where do I find you? A different path. A darker path. Logan, I was a very different man. Lead me. Guide me. Be patient with me. Patience is my strongest suit. And we're back. So, uh, you know, I think we kind of said our final thoughts, to be honest, already. John, do you have anything extra you want to say before we do ratings? Yeah, I've got a couple of final thoughts. Again, this movie was just, it was it was fine for me. But I think at this point, 14 years out, I want to take, go back to basics with the X-Men movies. I want just a nice, easy, straightforward X-Men movie with a nice small core team between six and eight team members at the Xavier Mansion, X-Men in costumes, you know, fighting Magneto or whoever. And I kind of want, I'm ready for this Brian Singer X-Men continuity to be just all done and wrapped up. Because it's, it's just, it's too much. I mean, it, it, everything is just too unraveled and out there and all over the place. So I am ready for a nice, clean X-Men reboot. Mm-hmm. So basically first class again. Yeah, first <laughs> class. It doesn't necessarily need to be the, quote, first class origin story. Uh, more back to basics, erase all the continuity, not tied to anything. Start over, start from scratch. No reference to other movies, you know. If you want to do like spin-off movies, that's fine. But I just want, I just want something a little bit easier to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair. Nice sort of simple back to basics X Men movie. I can, I can respect that. So John, on a scale of one to five unnecessary floating stadiums that are probably mostly made out of concrete, Ugh. which is not magnetic. Right. What do, you, what do you give this movie? I will give it. Uh, I'll give it a solid three. Solid three. Let's see if yeah. I can repeat what I said. It was uh, unnecessary floating stadiums that are mostly probably made mostly concrete. made of concrete, which is not magnetic. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, let's see. For me, uh, on a scale of one to five, we'll say Cyclops cameos. Little nod to mm-hmm. nod to Cyclops there, who has been shafted by these movies forever as well. I'm gonna give this mm, 3.5. Mm-hmm. I'd say 3.5. Yeah, 3.5 Cyclops cameos. Cool. So that about wraps up our discussion of X Men: Days of Future Past. 
And we are going to wrap up this episode the same way we wrap up every episode of This is Serious Business, and that's with our Geek of the Week segment. So, John, what have you been watching, reading, doing, playing, etc. over the past couple days that uh, isn't X-Men Days of Future Past? This past Wednesday, Batman number 32 came out, which is maybe part nine of the zero-year storyline. The Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Batman stuff is always good for me. I always enjoy it. Rob and I have talked a little bit about you know, how Scott Snyder's writing can be a little bit long-winded, and that maybe it's, you know, it, it's the story is getting to that point where we're all ready for it to finish up, because it's, it's, it's an 11-issue storyline, so it's a little bit on a longer end, but I always enjoy some Snyder and Capullo Batman, so I'm excited to see how that storyline is going to wrap up, but that's the, the main thing I've been up to this week. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Death of a Family back when we did that. I might check out some more of that. Of course, I'll wait, reserve judgment until uh, everything wraps up and I get final mm-hmm. recommendations or not recommendations from you and Rob, but I definitely have liked what little of their work I have seen. It's very Well, solid. I'm happy to loan it to you whenever you're uh, up to checking it out. Uh, yes, it is good to have a friend like you, John. <laughs> I always liked you, John. Always liked you. Cool. Well, um, let's see. My Geek of the Week is my secret assigned Geek of the Week. During our 100th episode a couple weeks ago, we uh, all thought of uh, little things to give each other in secret. And uh, for me, I was assigned, coincidentally, an X-Men comic called... Huh. Yes. Who How did thought? that happen? How did that happen? Called, I believe, God Loves, Man Kills. Is that right? Uh, Correct. Okay, great. And this is the William Stryker arc that X Men Two, X Men United, was loosely based upon. And, very loosely. Uh, yes, very loosely. Uh, you know, in it, William Stryker is actually a fanatical evangelical church leader, as opposed to a military officer. Although in his past, it's revealed he was in the military. It was a weird read, a weird read in general. It feels very much out of kind of the Alan Moore Watchmen era, where comics are grittier, more mature, deal more directly with things that are real. But at the same time, it was still a comic book. And that was the hard part. Like, in the first few pages, they, like, are discussing mutant persecution, and they they drop N-bombs. Like, that's the type of comic it Shit is. Shit gets real. You're, yeah, you're real. like, wow, this is... This is taking this very seriously it's really trying to be analogous to the the civil rights movement in a very direct and intense way yeah and then later there'll be panels where like colossus will turn metal and there'll be like the classic 1950s style like word bubble at the top that's like <laughs> instantaneously he goes from man to super hardened <laughs> space metal i've you know? got to use my power right, my exactly. strength powers and <laughs> right and at one point kitty pride is like running away from some gangbangers that are like attempting to very clearly molest her and she she like phases into an alley and she's like thank god I used my powers to phase into this alley, and the coast is clear. <laughs> and you're just like, what is happening here? So it's very unusual in that regard, but it is it is a good read. It's very solid X-Men overall. The characters involved, it's, it's nice that it focuses on so few of them. It, you don't get, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. You don't get wrapped up in the ensemble problem that... Uh, 
that X-Men Days of Future Past was dealing with, or that even other, even popular comic book arcs like Age of Apocalypse or, um, you know, the later overall crazy Marvel crossover stuff like Civil War. You don't have to deal with any of that stuff. It's just like a solid closed story. But it's cool. It's one of those ones where Magneto's like, I'm going to work with the X-Men. And everybody likes it when Magneto works with the X-Men. Yeah. I mean, come on. So, uh... I enjoyed reading it a lot. I liked Stryker's backstory probably better in this one than in the movie. I understand why the movie made the changes it did. I think the movie's very clean, so I wouldn't recommend yeah, that they change I it. I don't know that that storyline would have played well. Yes, it would not have. In the, the second X-Men movie. Right. So yeah. so in the comics, basically, Stryker, his wife has a baby, and the baby comes out a monster, and he goes kind of crazy and ends up basically murdering both of them. But he, of course, blames it on his wife being the type of class act that he is. Very much like the Westboro Baptist Church people. Right, yeah. Phelps, uh, Fred Phelps. Yes, Fred Phelps. And he, uh, you know, he of course decides that this is God's way of telling him that his job is to rid the world of mutants. And there's like a car accident and a fire involved in his basically putting his wife and son to death. So yeah, it's pretty intense, pretty intense backstory, but a good one. So yeah, I would I would definitely recommend people check it out, even if they're not big comic book people. It's a fast read. It's not a very it's not like an entire graphic novel length. It's I think it's a couple issues worth. It's actually just like Days of Future Past. Actually, the comic book. It's a very fast, good read. Yeah, I think I finished it in like an hour to an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, very very solid read. And of course, you know, it wasn't too secret who gave this one to me. It was, in fact, John. I know because I, I managed the game. So uh, <laughs> I, there was no real easy way around that little problem. But it was convenient because John was able to let me borrow it in person and I didn't have to worry about who it was coming from. So, John, thank you for assigning me that. I actually appreciate it quite a bit. You are welcome, bit. sir. That's X-Men that I was totally unfamiliar with and now have seen. So I am really glad that you gave me something good and decided not to, say, torture me with something that I wouldn't enjoy watching. Because <laughs> there, uh, there are other people who have attempted that in this game. I'm not <laughs> going to name any names, but, uh, but yeah, there are a few... Anyway, so at this point, I want to give you an opportunity to make any shout-outs and to let people know where they can find you online, so go ahead. You can find me online on Twitter, at DrawTheStory. I'm going to give a shout-out to Ben, our good friend Ben, who... Uh, ben! Yeah, who really enjoyed this movie, apparently. He's, he's, he says he needs to see it again to determine just how much he enjoyed this movie. But Ben is also <laughs> enjoying Fantasy Summer Box Office, which he has taken the lead in. You can check wow. our website for uh, all the updated scores. There have been a lot of things that have come out recently, uh, including X-Men and Maleficent and uh, A Thousand Ways to Die in the West. So uh, definitely go check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at TisbyJeff. Uh, that's T-I-S-B for This Is Serious Business. You can find this podcast online at TisbyCast.com, along with links to our Tumblr, our Facebook, our uh, podcast Twitter, which Rob does a fantastic job of running, and uh, our MySpace or whatever the hell else we have. So uh, at this point, I just I have no idea how to end this episode. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I think you've been assigned Twin Peaks, so... Uh, I know. I gotta, I gotta watch. I gotta, I, I gotta muster it up and just... Man up and watch it. I, I've been just struggling to get the enthusiasm to watch it. Yeah, it's tough. 
it's tough. I know, but uh, I, I think very, you'll like it. I it's think. a very Kristen thing. Mm, interesting that you have that uh, assumption. You are not currently recording, are you? No, I am. <laughs> She'll hear this all. <laughs> this is serious business. Psychic powers can't go in through the face.